Well, hello, everyone. This is Tommy, World at War Comics, creator of Kingsville. We have our Kickstarter for issue two starting on the 30th. So get over to Kickstarter, type in Kingsville and hit that notify button. That way you get the notification when it goes live. All right. We have another fantastic guest today. But before we get into that, please hit that subscribe button. Hit that ring bell. That way you get um, a ring every time we have an amazing interview that you will be able to enjoy. Uh, and also remember our podcast is brought to you by cnchilies.com that's c-i-e-n-c-h-i-l-e-s.com the best hot sauce that you could buy it's also brought to you by comic crusaders the best in comic book reviews um, movie reviews music reviews um, they even have a podcast where they also interview amazing people within the industry so check out comiccrusaders.com today all right without further ado we have dolan he is the writer of Born of Blood. The first four issues are right here. Here is the last Kickstarter that just came in. And right now, he has another Kickstarter going on right now called Unholy Nightmare. I'm a backer. You should be a backer too. This is going to be an amazing comic book. Go to Kickstarter right now or use the link that I have in the description to uh, be able to go to Unholy Nightmare and get that backing right now. You will not be disappointed. It's supposed to be one of the best comics of the year. All right, without further ado, here's Dolan and I. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the World at War Comics podcast. My special guest today is Mr. Dolan. He is the writer of Born of Blood and also has a current Kickstarter, Unholy Nightmare, with what, 48 hours to go, Dolan? That's correct. 48 hours to go, 152 backers, and we are over $6,000. Sweet. Congratulations. Uh, I don't know what's more stressful uh, in, in comics, man. I think uh, Kickstarter is amazing with the opportunities that it provides, but man, it feels like it adds so much stress to everyone's life. It does. It really does. And, uh, it, it, and when you're out there on your own, when you, when, so this is not with Burke publishing or anyone else. So this is us, Aurelio and I on our own. Yeah. So we're doing whatever we can to get the word out on it. And it's, it's difficult, you know, it's a lot of risk, you know, it's a lot of stress, you know, and you put thousands of dollars into it and you hope to get your investment back. And thankfully it's, it's a success. So that's, we're happy with that. Well, congratulations. Uh, um, I can't wait to get it. I'm a backer and it looked pretty awesome. Um, the art obviously is uh, pretty incredible. So can't wait to read it, man. Um, but may I thought maybe, Dolan, what we could do is, uh, I mean, I would love to go back and just find out how did you get in the comic books the first time? Like, did you start uh, I, I, as a young child or did it happen later in life? Oh, I was in kindergarten, first grade when I was getting into comics. My uh, uncle he ran a magazine distribution plant oh, here wow. in Indianapolis, Indiana. And uh, this is back before the days of Diamond. And so a lot of the comics would get go, come through him and he would since distribute them all throughout the city. Mm -hmm. And naturally there'd be damages. So he would he would bring over to our house all the damages for us to read. So we'd be like these big cardboard boxes every week. Like, wow. here you go, guys, read up. So we'd get all, all these damaged comics of like early image comics yeah. Superman exiled, then the death, death and return of Superman, the image comics, zero hour, nightfall. Yeah. It, we were kids in the candy store reading comics. No, it sounds absolutely amazing. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's like Christmas every week, man. It was, you know, and it, looking back on it, I mean, it, it, 
it, it's amazing just when you really think about, my God, we were truly blessed. <laughs> we got to read all this stuff for free. But at the same time, I think about, I'm like, oh my God, if I only had still had some of those comics, because I mean, a lot, of, a lot of the other comics we got were like the the Kingdom Comes too. We had right. we would get all those in, and but uh, I love those days. I wish I could just go back and just watch those days of me reading through those comics. Yeah, I feel like it was such a more simpler time in comics too. Oh yeah, it was absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah super simple, awesome stories. You know, I did an update on my computer and now this thumbs up thing keeps popping up. I have to figure out how to turn it off. I have no idea why it does okay. that. I, I was wondering what that was. I wasn't sure if people were people were watching and like they're no. giving a thumbs up or <laughs> it's so weird, man. It's a little embarrassing, man. I was on a, a work call and it kept doing. It. I'm like, what is this? And the only thing I think of is I did an update. So it's I don't know what what's causing it. But look at it, it's just it's out of control, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyways, man, I mean, that sounds absolutely amazing. I mean, what kid grows up with comic books uh, sent to you free every single day? I mean, with all those comic books, what what did you gravitate to the most um, as a kid? You know, I was gravitating more toward the DC characters. Mm -hmm. uh, like my favorite superhero team growing up, even then and, and now, uh, because was the, the Justice Society. Yeah. So I was reading Zero Hour and Zero Hour, those, those, the early issues had a great focus on the JSA. Yeah. And there was something with like how, I don't know, just, I know some people see like they look cheesy, corny, tacky, but like I, yeah. I love those costumes. I love how they look as a kid. You know, I love seeing Wesley Dodd's Sandman. I love seeing Hawkman and at the Atom. Yeah. And uh, it actually had me as a kid going to the, going to libraries and checking out like uh, superhero like dictionaries Oh, so wow. I could learn about these characters and their backstories and like uh, how they all started. That's how much of a nerd I was. But um, yeah, so I was more of a DC guy, but like, two of the first comics I read were uh, Adventures of Superman mm -hmm. uh, 453 and uh, X-Men 166. Those are like the first two I distinctly remember when I was a kid, but uh, I stuck more DC as I grew up. Yeah. yeah. No, I also grew up a little bit more on the DC side. Not that, I didn't love Spider-Man. Spider-Man obviously had a huge impact on me growing up. I love the Incredible Hulk, but I just gravitated to uh, all the characters on DC for some reason. I, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. You know, I'm almost 50. I'm trying to remember, you know, obviously Superman movie when those first came out, um, those were a huge impact on me. Um, and that probably had a little bit to do with it, but I, I don't know. I just feel like DC had such a, I think uh, Justice League cartoons growing up too was a big part of it. Um, Static Shock, a lot of these different uh, stuff that was going on in the 80s and even up into the 90s, I was still watching some of that stuff. So I don't know. I, I think like you, I, I really gravitated toward the DC stuff, but not that I don't like Marvel. I, I certainly like a lot of the Marvel stuff too. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned it. Now that I really think about it, I think it's really because Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers had a good multimedia department at the time. And whereas Marvel, they were, I mean, you go back to what Stan Lee did. Stan Lee pretty much sold the rights to characters to different studios. So there wasn't one house. Right. Yeah. Whereas Warner Brothers, yeah, they were able to do animated series, TV series, mm -hmm. whatever you want. And they were doing that. And they were, a lot of them were better, some were better than others. Yeah. Uh, as we look back on them. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I fondly look back on Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman. So yeah, <laughs> I remember watching that every week. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. No, that was a, it was a fun time growing up, man. Like I said, it seems like a simpler time, maybe without technology and stuff, we were able to dive more and get lost easier. I think into comic books as today, there's just so many distractions. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, 
I remember laying on my stomach on the ground with a comic book and just being gone for like an hour, you know, either tracing the the pictures or, uh, you know, just rereading the stories over and over again. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was, I, I was tracing a bit, but I was, I had, my nose was in the comics, just re- reading them and rereading them just yeah. over and over again and just memorizing Another thing I did when I was a kid, like I was memorizing all the first appearances oh, and wow. like the, the years and the issues and the issue numbers when I was a kid. Just I don't know why. It's just something I did when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I never I didn't really do that. But, man, I, I certainly got lost in the stories. And I, I remember that G.I. Joe was also a really big one for me. Um, that was huge growing up. And then the cartoon and then Transformers. And so, yeah, I, I think uh, similar. A lot of those different uh you know, characters really had a huge impact on me. And then as you can see today, it hasn't really left. I got a little no, bit. No, you got a few, you got a few, you got a few action figures. Yeah. <laughs> I got a little bit of a problem, my wife says, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fun, man. Well, I mean, Dolan, when did the passion for writing start um, for you? Uh, I would say, you know, I've always had it. You know, I, I can even remember when I was a kid, like my mom had her first like, gateway laptop. Oh. And uh, remember gateways? Yeah, uh, she. Like <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I was when she wasn't working. Uh-huh. I, I had that. I, I would be writing comic book stories on those, just like my on my own, just writing whatever I wanted. I was writing. I remember writing a Flash story in there, like fighting Captain Cold. But uh, yeah, it just it started when I was a kid, and it's stuck with me as I've gotten older. And when I was in high school, I took you know creative writing courses, mm-hmm. and I was still taking art courses as well because I love drawing. Uh, when I was growing up and uh, but uh, as I got older and into the military and out I, I, I writing was what stuck with me and uh, eventually right, right around 2016 2017 I was doing uh, I was taking part in local uh, competitions like comic book in a day competitions here in Indy uh, through Stuart Sager and um, so yeah I for three for three years I competed in Two years, one most creative with my artist partner, and the third year we won uh, best comic. So that was fun. So is it's I think I've seen this before, but it's you get twenty four hours to create a fully fledged comic book. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. You know, you can't have anything written down beforehand. Yeah, you gotta start, gotta start fresh, and yeah. So and, and hey, I was writing to my artist's strengths, and uh, she she's a professional uh, horse and camel illustrator. Like oh, wow. she, she does paintings and everything. For, things to do. Yeah. She does professional paintings for sheiks and everyone over in the middle East. So yeah. yeah. And so I was like, okay, if my artist is able to do this, I, I we got to make this f- family friendly, maybe funny with camels and horses. So we would tell, you know, <laughs> funny, silly story, stories with horses and camels a lot. And uh, third one we won was with, was with, with, with the uh, squirrels. So really? yeah, it, it was a fun time, but they're all age appropriate comics as, as compared to born of blood. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I think you've uh, gone away from that with born of blood for sure. Uh, that's awesome though. I mean, what a way uh, um, to really kind of sharpen your skills um, as you uh, become a, a full fledged comic uh, book creator, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that's just one half of it. I mean, really the, the other half, I strongly believe, um, yeah is I learned, I, I, went, I didn't learn this directly from Alan Moore, but like through uh, interviews he gave, uh-huh. he, I forget when it was done, he had said that you need to read the current comics as well yeah. to know what is working and what is not working and to know pacing and uh, how it works. And uh, so I've kind of, I've adopted that. Thankfully through Comics Elite, reading 
the current comics and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When, when did you, what's the first title that was published that you did? Is it Born of Blood or did you do something before that? No, it was Born of Blood. That was the very first, that was my first professional comic book writing gig. Well, that's pretty good. That's a pretty first, uh, pretty good first uh, uh, gig, man, because it's a, it's an awesome title, man. Yeah. Well, and you know, what's funny is, that, I mean, it, this was two years after the fact, but um, someone sent my stuff to Mike Barron, uh, oh, you know, wow. co-creator of Nexus yeah. and uh, Red and Punisher. Oh yeah. Uh, he, he uh, Mike Barron contacted me through Facebook, I think like a month ago, two months ago. And uh, he said, he was messaging me. He's like, Hey, is this Dolan? I'm like uh, writer born of blood. I'm like, yeah. He said, you have time for a phone call? I'm like, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was getting ready to, I was getting ready to go to a Colts game. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I, he just talked to me for about I think like 30 minutes or whatever. He had just read the issue one and he said, you know, he said, Hey, this is, he said, it was pretty good for a first issue. I mean, he had his critiques. He's like, I would have done this. I would have done that. I wouldn't have done this, but there are minor things. He said, otherwise it was a solid comic. I'm like, Oh oh my God, this is awesome. Coming from Mike Barron. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. He's, uh, he's done some pretty amazing uh, stuff on his own now too. That's uh, been pretty incredible, but uh, man, to have a call from him, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I I could not believe that. It just I mean, I I, I really wish he had called me two years prior. Yeah, when exactly. I, that's done the first issue. Yeah. But it's like I've done a lot more since that first issue. But I do appreciate that he said he saw, even then, it, that first issue was a, a solid, good first issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, with Born of Blood, right? We have uh, was it four issues, right? Because the the Kickstarter, I think I just received issue four maybe a month ago or so. It, will there be more? You think? Well, there's six issues. So the first six issues, um, I think yeah, you only have four. Yeah, there were six issues of it. Oh, I only have four, man. I'm behind. Yeah, uh, issue six came out. Uh, well, maybe I haven't got my kick. I did the last Kickstarter, though, Born of Blood. Oh, 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 I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, so um, issues five and six haven't gone through Kickstarter yet. They went through Lunar. Oh, gotcha. okay. But gotcha. they haven't gone through Kickstarter yet. So issue gotcha. five should maybe going through Kickstarter uh, maybe next year at some point. Yeah. But um. But yeah, they're 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 out there. <laughs> Got the thumbs up for that too. I don't yep. know. <laughs> <laughs> and on, and honestly, my opinion, you've got the good issues, but they get better with issues five and six. Really? So, yeah. Nice, nice. Oh, that's pretty exciting. Then I can't wait for those. Can you? Thanks, uh, yeah, yeah. Aurelio Mazzara did the art for issues five and six, and that's when the art really, really steps up a notch. And uh, yeah, and that's why I'm really glad I, I found. Uh, got to work with Aurelio and he's kind of like the brother I never had at this point. And that's cool, man. Well, let's talk about Unholy Nightmare then because you two worked on this together. And just from what you could see from the Kickstarter and the pages that are kind of revealed on the Kickstarter, I mean, the art looks absolutely incredible, but can you talk a little bit about what people could expect with Unholy Nightmare? Well, with Unholy Nightmare, people can expect a, uh, if you are a fan of 1990s image comics, yeah. Just that the explosive action, that kinetic pace. Yeah. That uh, it's not it, stories that aren't decompressed. Mm-hmm. We're not the stories that aren't paced for the trade. Yeah. Where you're gonna get everything, every bang for your buck. This is it. I mean, we're gonna have action. We're gonna have violence. We're gonna have horror. Uh, superheroes. We're gonna have monsters. Nice. Everything in here. I mean, it's heroes <laughs> becoming monsters to fight evil monsters, and uh, <laughs> you're not going to know what to expect with uh each subsequent issue. Yeah, no, it sounds absolutely amazing. I think I was watching, I don't know what I was watching. I mean, you know what? It might've been best of the week or 
um, when you and Wes kind of go over, yeah, the best of the week, right? You do that one on Saturdays. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah every yeah. Saturday with Wes. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I think uh, this last Saturday or two Saturdays ago, I heard you talking about it. So I went there and it sure as enough looks like it's going to be freaking awesome. So um, congratulations on that. And I'm glad that you have at least hit your goal. But with 48 hours, man, I mean, it would be nice to get a little little push toward the end, right? So that we you could probably start the next issue with that too, right? Yeah, it'd be nice. You know, it'd, be, it'd be nice to get cracking on the second issue because we have a goal, I think, is like start if get the 9K, we start on this, we start on issue two. Okay. But um, yeah, so, but yeah, I mean, every little bit helps, you know, because every, we've already, so Murphy is running our campaign. Murphy used to work for Merck Publishing. Now she's on, on her own with crowd control. I was her first customer, which is great. So um, she's running our campaign and she's more or less financed out just how much it would cost to finalize the first issue. Okay. And then what it would take to really get started on issue two. And like 9K is that number yeah. where everything is covered for issue one and we can start on issue two. Gotcha. Yeah. Very good. Well, let's see how close you could get to that. I mean, that would be pretty awesome, man. Um, because I, I assume, um, how many pages is issue one? Uh, issue one is going to be 26 pages. 26 pages. Yeah. So yeah, we, we definitely, uh, are hopeful for a, an issue two, man. But uh, issue one looks like it's going to be a banger, which is pretty cool, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I really, truly believe it. I mean, even if, if there are doubters out there, I haven't talked to anyone, but I haven't heard anything. But if there's people who are skeptical about this, they're not sure about it. You know, think it's going to be good. I, I, as soon as they read this first issue, they are going to be blown away. I guarantee it. I mean, seeing is believing for a lot of people, and this is our first campaign, so there probably are a lot of doubters who won't back something because this is our first campaign. But once they see this first issue, once it gets fulfilled, I really think we're going to turn a lot of heads and people are going to be become believers and they're going to want to jump on board for issue two. Nice. Well, can you kind of talk where the idea for Unholy Nightmare came from? Is this something that you've been sitting on for a little while and now you've been able to bring it to fruition? Or is this something that you came up with, uh, you know, maybe in the last year? Uh, actually, this all started with Aurelio. Uh, this started back in, I think, March yeah, March this year. And uh, we had just wrapped Born of Blood, uh, issue six. It just finished. We just finished the art and everything. Yeah. And um, at that point, I was working on, I think, four different scripts at once. Uh-huh. You know, and, yeah. I, well, yeah. At some point, I, I kept getting more and more work. Because yeah. based on the strength of Born of Blood, people saw, okay, this guy does have a little bit of talent. Why not give him some more work? So I got a lot of scripts to work on. And um, at that point, Aurelio was telling me, hey, man, I had such a blast work with you. I hope you get to work again. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And, but at that point he started sending me all these different character designs, all these <laughs> different concept art. He's like, I got this idea for this character. I've had it for a long time and this character and this character. And I'm saying to him like, okay, this is great. I, I don't know what you want me to do with them, but th- that that's great. And uh, then he, then he told me, uh, I want I want to make a superhero team book with all these characters. And I, I said, I say to myself silently in my head, I'm like, don't say yes. Don't agree to anything. <laughs> You're, you're busy enough as it is. Don't say yes. And I told him, yeah, I don't know, man. I got a lot of work in my play. We're going we're gonna to have to really talk about it in these characters. Yeah. But thankfully with, with Aurelio, we, he really pushed uh, yeah. to dis- discuss the characters. And we did. We started talking about the backstories, the mm-hmm. powers, and all the different characters, how they had to be related, intertwined, who'd be the good guys and the bad guys. And before I knew it, I just I said to myself, shit, we, we got a story here. I, I, can't, I can't say no to this now. <laughs> so I, I told him, yep, let's do this, man. So um, 
before we knew it, I started uh, plotting out the first arc. So yeah, the, 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 the first arc is completely plotted out. And, uh, and uh, issue one, it took me probably a couple days to work on the first draft. Mm-hmm. And then um, after that, I sent it to some people to look over. They gave me some notes and I was done with the edits for the second draft after that. So this is pretty much a second draft. Oh wow! And uh, it's a solid, it's a solid first issue. And uh, um, Aaron Sparrow, um, friend of your channel, a good yep. friend of mine, and one of the creative directors and one of the editors for Born of Blood Number Publishing, he approved of issue one. He says my bird best work yet. Nice. Um, so he's actually he's thankfully he's come on board the uh, Mutant Farm Comics team to become the editor for Unholy Nightmare. Nice. So um, issue two should be even better than issue one, which is already a great issue in my opinion. So, but it's all because of Aurelio Mazzara, the artist and co-creator of uh, <laughs> Unholy Nightmare that just started back in March. And here we are now. And we're both blown away that I, by how fast everything has come together. Yeah. It has come, kind of come together fast, at least from my perspective, just watching every Saturday you and Wes talk about comics um, it seems like it just kind of shot up and now it's over already. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's just amazing just how fast things, uh, happen and come together and you don't think they will, but they, they but they do. And it, I, but when it, the thing is with me, like I've got, to, if I'm set on something, it's going to happen. We're going to do this, you know, and it's one thing we're used to in the comic book industry where people say, yeah, yeah, let's do that. But it never happens or they just push it off, push it off. But if Aurelio says, well, let's do this, I'm like, all right, we're doing this, man. It's put up or shut up time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we, so yeah, this is us on our own, you know, um, making our comic and we, we've done it. We did it. And yeah, it, it's a, it's a wild and crazy feeling that, oh my God, this is our comic. We did this. Yeah. <laughs> and then as far as what is being published under, what is it being published under again? So um, it's being published under Mutant Farm comics it's a, a publishing house that we we just created or and uh it's a design that aurelio had come up with like a few years ago he didn't really do anything with it and uh, i was like mutant farm, that's a good idea for a publishing company you know let's yeah. just call it mutant farm comics that's yeah. so that that works nice and is the idea is to um maybe down the road at some point do other titles under that and then you know start to create something uh much bigger from a publishing standpoint with that brand Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, if you have if you have a publishing company, I mean, you would hope to would be successful enough to have more titles to publish, you know, and uh, maybe have something like a, something from like an Aaron Sparrow, you know, to get published under this. That'd be great. Yeah. But right now, we're, clearly things are are small, moving moving slowly and small. But like, so we're going to stick with Unholy Nightmare for right now. But if things did explode or get bigger, then it's like, okay, you know what? We can consider funding another a second one. Yeah, yeah. Because I know. Um... Speaking with Aaron, when he came on the show, he also has a, a title coming out next year as well. Is that going to be under that brand too, or is that something separate? Because he already started it. I well, you know, we'll we'll see. I'm trying to convince him to come under Mutant Farm. Like, <laughs> I want to come out of this, you know? But yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, yeah. His yeah, the Doom Face. It looks yeah, amazing. I I it cannot. Sounds wait hilarious, and it sounds awesome, man. Absolutely. I can't wait to read it. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Just the minute he started sending the concept art and he yeah. us, like, some of the covers. I'm like, Oh, this looks so awesome. I can't it's wait. Pretty it. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. And you know, with his experience, um, you know, with boom and everything that he's um, done from an editor standpoint, I mean, that's a good person to have in your corner, I think as well. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, Aaron Sparrow, I mean, if people don't know, people are listening to this right now. They don't know Aaron Sparrow has been in the business for a very long time now. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he worked, he was one of the writers of Darkwing Duck, the comic book series at uh, IDW, not the current one under Dynamite, which is not my, in my opinion, not that good. Yeah. Um, and his opinion as well. He won't, he probably won't say it, but he yeah. he'll, he'll probably agree with me. Yeah. Um, but uh, he was also, he also worked at Boom Studios under Mark Wade. If you know Mark Wade. Oh, Very yeah. talented guy. He's written, he's written a couple things. He's done a couple and, things. He's all right. Yeah. Yeah. He's not bad. Kids going places. <laughs> um, he uh, he was, I believe Aaron also co-wrote Cars or was an editor on, on the Cars series for, for Boom and Pixar. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's done a lot and he's got some some real prestige with his name, with where he's worked. And um, I really couldn't have anyone better as an editor, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now he's, even from an advice standpoint, it's been really awesome just to talk to. Um, because of his experience so yeah i couldn't agree with you more yep uh, i just i am i'm very thankful to have met him through wes on thinking critical because i mean that's how i came across you know joe corallo yeah. and aaron sparrow and these guys and that's how i was able to get joe corallo and aaron sparrow at merc yeah. you know joe became the editor of born of blood and aaron became the creative director i was like hey guys come check this out come over here guys <laughs> you'd be, be good over here for us and right. yeah they were that's awesome, man. And I've made a friend through made a friend through Aaron Sparrow and, and Joe Corallo. I love it. Great guys. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Well, what else do you have working on um, that you're working on, Dolan, that you could talk about? Whew. Okay. So uh, on top of Unholy Nightmare, I am doing, uh, I wrote Power Hour number, th- number two okay. yeah. for uh, Black Ops Publishing. I also wrote Power Hour number three. I also wrote a Power Hour side story. That um, I think Sean Hudashko is the owner and publisher of Black Ops. He he says he's probably going to change the title of it, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Um, so I got those three that have been out, uh, and I've got through uh, Marat Michaels and Counterpoint Comics. There are at least three <laughs> coming out next year oh, that wow. I wrote that should be coming out. Um, two of which are they look amazing. Um, one of which involves Nadia Nice, and the other one involves let's just say a significant number of his uh, creations wow. together. Nice. And uh, there's another one. I can't say anything yet. The deal's not in place yet, but once it is in place, I cannot, I, oh, people are going to be excited because I already wrote, I already did the whole issue breakdown. So panel breakdown for this whole, the first six issues of this, of this series. Oh, wow. But um, yeah, I've been busy. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to look forward to next year coming from me. And um, hopefully maybe the, the, ne- the second chapter of Unholy Nightmare as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that would be pretty cool. Um, as far as like the comic book industry, I know uh, on Wes's channel, there's a lot of conversation about that. Um, but the one part or the one area that I, I feel, I don't know if it's strong, but there's a lot of uh, titles is, you know, in this crowdfunder scene, whether it's Indiegogo, Kickstarter, crowdfunder, fund my comic. I feel like a lot of people are producing comic books for the first time. And uh, I I feel like that's a a real positive that people are kind of stepping into the arena. What do you think about that? Do you feel the same way or do you feel opposite of that? No, I feel very much the same way. You know, it's great seeing um, new blood come into the industry, seeing what they can do, seeing if they got the chops for it. Yeah. Um, who otherwise wouldn't get a shot at yeah. any of the big pushers, you know? Hey, you know, do it on your own, see what happens. Yeah. Like yeah. what we're like what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but um at but then the responsibility is on you yeah. as the creator, writer, artist, whatever, to 
you know, fulfill the obligation to completing the comic and getting it distributed out there. You know, there's a lot of people out there who are, they're good at taking the money, yeah. but not doing anything after that. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, I mean, nothing more frustrating than backing a campaign. And it's like a year and a half later, you get your comic book. I'm like, I forgot to back that. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some case, there's some, some cases, there's a couple you know, I've been waiting one, two, three years on. Yeah. And, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens if those ever get fulfilled, get fulfilled. But uh, I always, I always go back onto Indiegogo and look through like everything I've backed. I'm like, Oh my God, it's been two years. I still haven't gotten that yet. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I find myself on like Kickstarter or Indiegogo, mainly Kickstarter, but Indiegogo too. Um, it's kind of my second LCS, right? I, I'm, I'm very fortunate within the small town that I live in that we do have a comic book shop here. And so I have my pull list on some of my favorite titles. Um, but then I, I find myself when I'm not shopping there, I'm on Kickstarter, um, just kind of shopping um, on there as well. And I feel like that is becoming, um, you know, uh, in some cases, maybe your first stop to look for um, something to read. Are, are you experiencing the same thing? Like for people going to the comic book shop, that's their first experience? No, you you have your pull list and you're doing everything at the comic book store. But then, you you know, outside of that, you're also shopping on Kickstarter as if it is your local comic book store. Oh, oh, um, okay. Got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. I find um, myself kind of going through just on Kickstarter randomly looking at a bunch of different comics, seeing what's out there and if something sounds interesting. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because I was I forget who I was talking to about this, but mm-hmm. um, it's amazing the amount of people who still don't know what a Kickstarter is. Like they've never heard of Kickstarter. Like, I still talk to it's they're out there. Yeah. I talk to a lot of grown adults who have never heard of Kickstarter. They don't know how it works, what to do. They don't know, they don't even know Indiegogo. Mm. Um so it's I mean grant we we're well aware of it. You know yeah. there's a, there's, a, there's a number of percentage of people who are well aware of it and who are invested in it. But yeah. there's still a significant number of people who don't even know what it is. Yeah, and good. it's really um educating these people on how it works and baby stepping them in. Yeah. to uh getting it like how it works like my, my aunt and uncle when they, i told them about this they're like okay what is kickstarter how does this work what what do we do and I, I kind of had the baby step them into this and it really reminded me of uh, there's a movie called the founder with michael keaton that oh, came yeah. out and uh, there's a great scene in it with uh the, the two brothers the mcdonald's brothers yeah and um they're they came up with like the, the for the cars to drive up to the restaurant whatever and they're having to instruct the people driving their cars they yeah. park the car and they get out and they're like all right yeah. you're doing good you're doing good you're doing fine right yeah. park it get out walk out of the car <laughs> just and it's kind of like that with, with people you know you really have to for some people you have to hold their hand yeah. through this no that's a good point that's a good point but i, I feel like it continues to grow um you know all the time right and i think that is such a positive um and i almost feel like sometimes it's a little crowded to be honest no it, no, so it really it, yeah it, crowdfunding is crowded yeah no pun yeah pun intended because yeah. um we did we did find out murphy did tell us that uh, october is past month yeah this the, october 2023 had the most comic book campaigns ever in kickstarter history wow wow yeah so that that, that was probably a a significant factor as to why this this didn't do as I mean, it did fine we were funded but didn't do better because yeah. there are so many options out there on kickstarter yeah there's just it's it's been spread so thin right and it's just not practical for someone to be able to back so much so yeah i, I get that and I, I fully agree with that it, it's been tough and i've talked to a lot of people with kickstarters and they've really struggled the last maybe three months 
um, just because I think there's just so many options to choose from on Kickstarter and you only have so many dollars that you're willing to spend on a monthly basis backing things. So people are very choosy, right? And a lot of times they're probably choosing close friends who have something going on. Those are those are that one group that you mentioned or the small group that are aware of Kickstarter, right? So if this is going to work out for everybody, we need to get more people on the Kickstarter, it sounds like. Yeah. And, you know, there are, like I said, you said we brought up other platforms, you know, there's some others that have just popped up. Yeah. And uh, I did talk to Murphy. Uh, we, we're going to try another, we're going to do this on another, another platform as well. When this ends, there's another platform we're going to try out. It's a relatively newer one. I think it's yeah. called Zoop. Oh yeah, Zoom. Um, yep. yeah, we're gonna try that out, see what happens. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, granted, we're we're funded, but like if we can get more, that's great. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, like you said, if you get to that nine thousand dollar mark and then and be able to now jump right into issue two, I mean, that would be amazing. And if you need a, a second site for that, why not? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Second or third or fourth. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, yeah, Zoop, Indiegogo, whatever. You know, just. Uh, in, in worst comes to worst, we can start our own website and uh, put uh, set stuff out there, step, step up there. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dolan, I mean, is there anything we're missing, man? What else? Anything else, or did we cover pretty much everything about you, man? Uh, I I don't I, th- I think that's pretty much it regarding me, and just uh, that was pretty much yeah. my whole life and career. That's where we're up to right now, from born of blood to unholy nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's super exciting. Like I said, I I read this. I was talking to Aaron about Death Rage, which I love Death Rage. And I'm like, man, I got to get a hold of Dolan. And then it clicked with me when I was watching West. I'm like, oh, there he is right there. So I was like, man, I got to get a uh, get a hold of this guy so we could talk about this because, man, the, the story um, line behind, uh, um, I guess her name is, is it Garius? Am I pronouncing oh, that? Giaris. Giaris, yeah really botched that one but man it's an <laughs> awesome storyline right from childhood um all the way up until becoming like coming into her own right as a leader and all the training that led her up to that point and all the suffering and the the i don't know there's a lot of things that went wrong um when they went right as well you know yeah you know it's i i, I distinctly remember like when when sean uh gave me the opportunity when i said yes that day i i I started working. I started doing research that afternoon. And um, I remember telling Sean, like her name originally was going to be Gorgo because her name, this is based on the actual uh, Mm -hmm. wife of Leonidas. Uh, Her name was Gorgo. And I told that to Sean. He said, no, that name sucks. Change it. (laughs) So I started looking in the Mediterranean and I started looking at islands and I saw an island name, uh, island name of Giara. And I said, "Uh, how about Giaris? And he said, perfect go go with that it's like all right so um i started doing research and they found out the name but that night uh i went out to a restaurant to eat and um i uh had a couple of fingers of whiskey but i was eating dinner too but like i had just i I just started doing page breakdowns Mm. that that evening and before i knew it i had just written like the first 22 24 page paper 22 24 page breakdowns like that (laughs) night when i was eating dinner and drinking some whiskey i'm like oh my god that was I'm going to say that was easy, but it just, it just, it was just there. You know, it's just one of those things where there's no writer's block. It just all came out under the page. It was just all there. And just, I never really experienced that before where it all just happened. <laughs> I mean, is, are you saying whiskey is kind of that one element that uh, makes you a great uh, writer? <laughs> oh no, I don't want to. <laughs> no. no, no. 
do not, I do not want to encourage alcohol drinking, <laughs> but I, well, I will say there are certain things that can help loosen the cobwebs, yeah, you know, yeah, whether, sure. whether it's going for a long run, a walk, whiskey, yeah. all the above. Um, <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes you need help. If you haven't ridden for a while, yeah. you need help uh, loosening up the cobwebs. You know, yeah. there, there, there are certain things to utilize. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Like I said, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was, uh, surprisingly very good, man. And, uh, it must've been fun doing some of the research for that too. Right. I assume you kind of were looking at like Greek mythology and Greek mythology and stuff like that too. Yeah. Greek mythology and just things that happened during that time period and wanting, wanting to, I mean, so it's not historically, it's not really historically accurate. You know, like I remember, uh, (laughs) um, when uh, we we had a, we had gone up to an artist to do a, a to do a, to do a cover for us, uh-huh. and uh, we told us we told him who the, who this was based on and everything, and he he sent us an email back. He said he's like, "What the hell is this? This is not historically accurate at all. This is not <laughs> the the wife of Leonidas and everything." And we're just like, "Oh God, <laughs> he didn't get it." But um, <laughs> it, 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 we're just it, it, so go in accepting this is a comic book, all right? We yeah, took yeah. historical liberties with this. It's in a whole other universe, yeah. You yeah. know, so. Um, but yeah, it, there are some things that did happen. There's a lot that didn't happen, but um, we just wanted to tell a, a compact story from yeah. one to six. You know, a woman, a child, you know, from birth, you know, earning her right to be a Spartan and eventually earning her right to be the queen mm-hmm. of Sparta. Nice. Yeah. That was a big factor, er, earning it and not given yeah, anything. Sure. That's, the, that's a big takeaway. Cause like I remember at that point reading so many comics were just, things were just handed to people in comics or, or in movies or in, in the stories. And I'm like, that is not going to happen in this comic at all. You know, she's going to fight her way out. She's got to earn everything that she has. And uh, she does. Yeah, she does. I mean, that starts off in issue one, right? When, because yeah. I was reading that and I was like how her father treated her once she became of age. And I thought right away, right? He was so disappointed he didn't have a son that she's going to be put in prison or something really bad is going to happen to her. And uh, no, it was really, like you said, that training. Um, that she would have to go through to be able to earn her place in history. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that training she goes through. I mean, it's, it's. I would say it. Yeah, it's it's a brutal form of training. I would say it's not as training as the young men went through when they were uh, having to fight off in the wilderness against the wolves. But it's a unique type of training because hey, she's the king's daughter. So yeah, she's gonna be locked up in a prison cell and have to fight her way out. <laughs> well, awesome, man, Dolan. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, appreciate it. I can't wait for uh, issues five and six when they're available. Um, I'll definitely be uh, picking those up to be able to finish off at least this first arc of the story and then Unholy Nightmare. Um, with it funding, when do you think uh, it'll go to print and all that good stuff? When are you planning to fulfill orders? So we are planning on fulfillment as early as April. Because okay. uh, so the first, like we showed, the first six pages are done. We've yeah. already done six. We got to do the, the other 20. Gotcha. Uh, Aurelio has already started. Uh, he started uh, doing the storyboards mm. for uh, 10 more pages, which is great. But, um, so yeah, April spring timeframe, we're hoping to get out, get out as earliest, but worst case scenario, it would be like October next yeah. year, but hopefully as early as April, we're hoping to get this out. Nice. Well, Dolan, I look forward to it, man. Um, thank you so much for jumping on tonight and uh, hanging out with me. It's a pleasure meeting you. Um, enjoy your content. Enjoy uh, your writing. And I can't wait for Unholy uh, Nightmare. If anybody is listening to this, 
we got 48 hours. There's still time for you to get in on this. Um, yeah, check out. I'll put all the links in the inscription. That way it make it easy um, for everybody to, uh, you know, just click and uh, enjoy. That'd be great, man. Yeah, thank you to everyone watching and listening. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. This is great. This is fun. And uh, yeah, uh, please, everyone, do check out Unholy Nightmare. You are not going to regret it. Yeah. Awesome, Dolan. Well, thanks, man. Have a great night and a great rest of your week. Appreciate you jumping on. Thanks, man. You too. Appreciate it. All right. Talk soon. Talk soon. All right. Bye.